You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got? Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers, welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And this week in the guest chair, I have with me Miss Courtney Lee Smith. Courtney is a student of numbers, instructor of law, and a woman that lives by love. Her life journey has combined all three. Courtney can always provide a formula that will allow you to bring out the best in yourselves and others. As a wife again, a widow who married a widower, she is an example of love after love, living fully and loving unconditionally. As a relationship and life coach and degree specialist, she empowers the left behind to thrive with the loss of a loved one. COVID has birthed a platform for healthy grief conversations in a variety of ways to make those in grief not to have to suffer in silence or feel alone. As the host of Master Relationship Mechanics Show, she educates people to move beyond the could have and should have into the new normal. Let's welcome Courtney to the podcast. Courtney, welcome to the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. We're so excited to have you. Now, listen, Courtney, one of my favorite or famous, I should say, first questions is for you to tell us a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. Okay, well, what's not in my bio is I love to dance. If you want to exercise, dance. I love dance. I love music. I just love the move to the beat. I absolutely love that. I love dancing. Listen, if I need to get through studying, if I need to get through working out, if I need to get through just cleaning, some loud music and dancing around is always something I love to do. I know a lot of us love dancing to music. So that is an extremely fun fact about you. What type of music do you like? I actually like all music. I have no just one genre of music. I like the lyrics of songs that that just really have meaning and that can speak to me because they kind of like fuel. So it's like the lyrics of the song. I mean, I'm going to sing it while I'm doing what I'm doing. So the lyrics are kind of like motivating me and pushing me. So I think every genre has some motivational, inspirational and encouraging music. So Whatever. I mean, it can be a country song. It can be a blues song and be a jazz song. It definitely can be a worship song, but I can dance to it all as long as the words are actually speaking to me. I love it. I love it. I have a quite an eclectic taste of music as well. So it can range from anything from gospel to country to pop. So I completely appreciate it. So thank you for sharing your fun fact with us. Now, Courtney, We know from your amazing bio 
that you are a relationship coach, a life coach, a grief counselor. Tell us how you got into to doing this. Actually, my life kind of drove me to that. Before that, I used to actually do training law enforcement for over 20 years, the compliance to the laws. But I had a an event planning business on the side, which kind of did matrimony experiences. So I did date nights, date trips, you know, baby showers, all of that great stuff. But then God said, you know what? You've went through your own loss. You've experienced some different things. You need to get a little bit deeper instead of just having parties. So I was out of work for a period for almost eight months because I had a, um, a major surgery. And so while I was out of work for those eight months, I actually got my certification to become a relationship coach. And that's how it began. And then in that journey, God said, okay, you need to specialize in something else. So I got my life coach certification and he said, you need to dig a little bit deeper into your own experience. And that is how my niche became dealing with grief and loss. Yes. And I love how God is able to get us where we need to be. And sometimes we just see the big picture, but he, the way God can pinpoint exactly, like you said, our niche is amazing to me. And grief counseling is something that's becoming so needed, especially living through a pandemic where the death rate is consistently going up and people are dealing with death way more frequently and more publicly than they're used to. Yes, indeed. And I think like you're saying, it's more public because death has happened. Grief happens around each of us every day. We just really hadn't addressed it. But I think every time something becomes more public, more in the news, more the numbers put in our face every day, it's just like, okay, I'm grieving for somebody else while I'm still grieving for myself. It's just become a big puzzle of grief in our life now because it's such a multiple level of grief. We're not just grieving the physical death of people. We're actually grieving the distance of death of our relationships that we're experiencing during this season. Yes, this is exactly pinpointing what it is that we're feeling. And there's something about even if the grief isn't your own, even if you're not dealing with a loss in your family, seeing those numbers day after day after day can be so depressing, so dampening on our spirit. And I I can imagine just the heaviness or I can feel the heaviness that's around the world. And some people are, I mean, pretty early on began to get numb to this because it's something that we're seeing on a consistent basis. You know, do you have your own experience with grief? And if so, how did you, how did you make it through this process? I guess my greatest experience with grief would be in um, 2012 when I lost my husband, but then a short eight months later, I lost um, my health. So that means I had to change and shift from careers. So doing this shift, you know, when you're talking about loss, you have to change your ability to really just give over what you thought you had control over. I always say, I thought I knew what my retirement plan, what the end was going to look like, my plan. But for me, it really had to take a place and I had to have a conversation with God and realize that he has a new daily plan for me every day. And I really have to subscribe and get an alignment to that. And then I'm not so heartbroken when I lose control of something I never had control over anyway. Mm. 
God has a new daily plan every day. So if we recognize that, we will not be so heartbroken when his plan goes completely awry from where we thought our life was going. That's such a great way to think about it. How do you help other people who haven't been able to think about grief in that way? Think about grief as part of God's plan. Think about loss as part of God's plan. How are you able to counsel them, to help them? Well, when you can't actually see God's plan first, it, it takes us to, it, it, it does, it takes us to remove layers because we take a lot of things personally, or we have regrets, or sometimes we believe we actually are the cause or that death or could have prevented that death. It is a really, you have to sit down with that person and really feel like, figure out what is it that they want out of it? Do they want to be a victim? Or do they want to find victory in the situation? Now, if they want to stay in a victim mentality, that is something that you can't do about because they want to stay down. No matter how much you try to bring them up, they want to stay down. And that type of client will always have you depressed and you struggling and you doing the work. But when you find people who are fighting to become victorious, and that means they want their peace in the pain, they want joy, no matter the hurt. And when you can hear that in a person, when they want to do the work, even if they can't say, I totally trust and believe in God because I feel like he went against my plan. When they can understand that they can find that peace and that joy, if they can just get back into God's word and get outside of their own feelings. And a lot of times we just have to shut other people out because they have told us how we're supposed to grieve, how we're supposed to act. The reality is if we're able to find our own unique self and our own unique way of getting back to what is living for us now and breaking the routine and coming up with our new normal, people can gravitate to the fact that it's not going to be the same. And then they can adjust and they can begin to evolve and grow in that new space. Yes. So you have to want to put in the work for yourself. And I, it's it's interesting that we're on this topic because even last night in my Bible study, my pastor was talking about grief and the process of grieving and how everybody grieves different ways. But you said something there that was very, very impacting. You said, do they want to be a victim or do they want to find victory? What does victory after grief look like? One simple thing. Well, I shouldn't say one. It's really two simple things that helped me understand the victory of grief. One thing is that I it gave me the capability to say, I don't have to control everything. I don't have to be perfect on this journey. Just let it be what God has assigned it to be. So that's the number one thing. And then the second thing was, if you can really say you believe in God, that means, you know, even the bad works out for your good. And I can say that every day, even when something physically, emotionally comes and it's getting ready to try to get in my peace. First thing I say, God is going to work it out for my good. 
I don't try to overanalyze it. I don't try to let it consume my day. So if you're going to that moment that is getting ready to grieve you or depress you or bury you in doubt or devastation in that moment, if you can say, okay, God is going to even work this out for my good. And some of the times in that conversation, you say, okay, God, what is my part? What do I need to do to make sure it's working out for my good? Do I need to keep my hands off it? Do I need to keep my mouth off it? What is it that I need to do? to make sure that I am not mixing up the pot and deterring my good from coming. Mm -hmm. How do I take my hands off it? How do I let go and let God? That's the way God moves sometimes. I know that it's hard for us as human Mm -hmm. beings to want to let go and let him. And it's because God moves in such mysterious ways that we feel sometimes that we need to see or be able to see it in our natural eye to understand how God will do it spiritually, not knowing that we need to let go of what we see in the natural and yeah. trust God in the spiritual. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, uh, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if we can see it, if we can see how God's going to make a way, if we can see what the process is, if we can see God's strategic plan, then there would be no need for us to have faith. But we have to know in the hard times, in our hard times and when we're feeling lonely, when we're feeling down, when we feel like nobody else is going to get it, that God gets it. And we have to learn how to be still. And this is one that I'm focusing on this year. It's being still. That's not something that's a strength for me. I know some of my listeners, we are consistent go-getters. We want to do all the things, but sometimes, and a lot of times, actually, God is telling us to be still and let him do what we can. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, it's, it's amazing that you um said that because I actually uh, did a Tuesday talk the other day, which I call my, my moments on the couch when you can meet me on the virtual couch. And it was about still taking delight in the Lord, even when things are going wrong, can we still take delight in him? It's it's, it's very easy to be happy when everything is going right. And we really had to understand that delight in the Lord was, I'm good, whatever you throw my way, God, I am. And I'm going to still worship you. I'm going to still be in love with you. I am going to still follow your ways because at the end of that scripture, what we always want, we want the righteous reward and we want the vindication, but we still don't want to take delight in the Lord. And so we are holding up our own blessings, staying in that victim mentality, woe is me, and we cannot worship, worship or praise God still still in that moment of hurt and pain. And that's how you find peace in that moment of hurt and pain. Still worship and praise, still take delight in God's word. Mm -hmm. Take delight in God's word. I think that we forget the power that lies in the word. A lot of times, some of us, we want to run to our favorite preacher, our favorite prophet, the motivational speaker we love, but we forget that the original word of God works wonders. When we spend time opening up our Bibles and communing with God, just me and him or you and him, and just spending that intimate moment with him, that's where you find your strength. That's where you get renewed. That's where he mends your broken heart. So I think 
listeners that we need to remember that we should always be revisiting our first love, which is Christ. And we should always be getting into the word for ourselves. There is healing in the word. There's strength in the word. There's salvation in the word. Everything we need can be found in the word. Now, Courtney, I know one of the things that you talk about is how to find love after loss. Can you talk to us about that? And I mean, love after loss, it it can be love after loss in after loss of a partner, or even trying to find love after loss of somebody in your family, like like your mom or your, your dad, and not feeling that you can be happy and be comfortable being happy in love. Talk to us about finding love after loss. For me, what I will tell everybody, the first thing you need to do is not try to find a replacement or be a replacement for somebody or be all of that to somebody. Like when my husband passed, I didn't need to become father and mother. I needed to accept I was enough in that place because that's who God left with me. So first of all, you have to accept that you're enough. You don't, you can't go out searching for a replacement or a boomerang or something to replace that love, except that the time that you had, that love was what you needed to carry you through and build you. And then for me, my first thing is don't look outside for love, begin to love yourself in those places, you know, but begin to have those conversations. So if, if it's your mother and you were having communication with her every day, still, however you communicate now, you can't pick up the phone and have that conversation with her, write a poem, make a song, do something that's artistic, show that love and that communication in a different way. And when you begin to spend that time and loving on yourself, you will become that attraction factor for love. Because I can actually remember telling God, I don't plan on getting married again. I don't want to do this again. I am fine. But the thing is, as I became healed and I became whole and I became happy and I became a whole me, I attracted love because I was loving myself so well, you know, and that's the thing. If you don't set up blocks in your life, a lot of us build up walls because we're not going to, we don't want to be hurt again, or we put up blinders and because we don't want to see what love looks like again in a different form or a different fashion. But that's the key is just to see it in a different way. Let's not try to replace people, but become love ourselves so we can attract what it is that we want. Yes, become whole, heal and become whole. And a lot of what you are uh, you were saying about how to find love really ties into what we were talking about um, last year when we had our live event, the single summit, and just making sure that we come back to being a whole person, come back to understanding who God created us to be, understanding, like you said, that we are enough, you know? Understanding those things allows love to walk into your life. And as as women, you know, the Bible says, he who findeth a, a wife findeth a good thing. But it, it allows somebody to, as they say, findeth <laughs> you because you have spent time working on yourself and you are the person who you have to get your love relationship with right first. Because if you cannot love yourself fully without any reservation, it's going to be hard for you to welcome in somebody who wants to love you in that way. Would you uh, agree with that assessment? I, I would. I would. And then you got to remove fear. 
a lot of us don't allow love again because we fear that somebody's going to leave us again and pass on again. But we have to realize death is the part of life. And are you going to stop yourself from living in fear of death coming again? Mm-hmm. Yes. You also said something there. You said, and don't look for a replacement. I'm sure after losing somebody, when you're out there looking for, um, or out there in the dating scene, when you feel like you're ready, it's hard not to compare the person in front of you to the spouse that you lost. How do you get over that? Um, first of all, accept that that was that person for that time, for that part of the journey for your life. You've evolved. You come become somebody new. 20 years ago, when you attracted that person, you were not that same person. So you are going to attract something different because hopefully you've grown, you've matured, and your attraction should be at a different place. And you have to be open. Not all of these lists that we have, but you have to be really open to the Holy spirit to understand where is it he's taking you on his journey. Um, Like me and my husband, when I say love after love, God definitely ordained it because we both lost our spouses same year, same month. So he knew that we were going to have a, a grief ministry. He knew that we were going to open up our marketplace to minister to other people that were hurting and experiencing loss. So he knew that he had put us together for us to expand and grow and like we'll only see what you see in that person on that day. You don't know what they're going to evolve into. You don't know what you're going to evolve into. So it's really just a conversation you need to have with God and not spend so many times writing a list or checking off what you think is negative or checking off what you think is the positive. Just have a check in with God and say, hey, where is this supposed to go? Have a conversation. Are they supposed to be my friend? Are they supposed to be a lesson? Or are they supposed to be my lifetime? And if we really check in with God instead of having this urgency to actually find love, it it will actually come and chase us. Yes, yes, it will come and chase us. You know, in February on the podcast, we we revisited being single. And I just want to just touch those of our listeners who are still in their single season. Like Courtney said, we open up the door for love to touch us, for love to find us. I remember, and you guys would have heard this, I think the episode, the second week in February, where I talk about there's purpose in your singleness. There's purpose in you being by yourself. There's purpose. There's things that God wants you to do. When God created you, he created you with a purpose. He did not create you with the purpose of being married, with the purpose of finding a spouse. That wasn't it. God gave you a purpose. He said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. He sent you to earth with a purpose. So we have to make sure that we are always walking in our purpose. And like Courtney said, we got to check in with God. Is this a friendship? Is this somebody just here for now? Or is this somebody here for, for, for our lifetime? I know when I met my fiance last year at our single summit, funnily enough, I was in the middle of presenting on the purpose in your singleness. I was busy doing what God had called me to do at that point in time. I wasn't actually looking for somebody and he literally walked into my life at that moment. So we just have to open the door to who God has for us and then always check. Always check back with God because God will not just leave you out here hanging. He will, he will, if you commune with him, 
I guarantee you he will commune back with you. He will speak back with you. And he cares about your heart. He cares about the people that are in your life. And he cares that you are looking for love or ready for love after your heart has been broken. And he's ready to be there with you, right? To hold your hand along this journey. So Courtney, let me just go back to loss. I know a lot of people are dealing with loss. A lot of people are dealing with grief right now. But if you are the person who is supporting somebody going through loss, supporting somebody who's grieving, what do you recommend that person does to be a healthy support system? If you're going to be a healthy support system, one of the things you need to do is be a great listener. A lot of us spend so much time trying to have the right answer or ask the right question when most people who are grieving just need to vent. They don't want you to tell them what to do next. They don't want you to tell them how to feel. They don't want you to even tell them that time will heal, even though that's uh, the biggest myth and lie that we tell people. But people want somebody who will just listen to the hurt. So the best supporter is somebody who can listen And then after you get through listening, really understanding the emotion that came by behind it and see how you can be what it is they're saying they need. And if you can't be it, try to find them that support group that they need, because usually somebody is telling you. I'm lonely. Somebody is telling you, hey, I'm financially struggling. Somebody will tell you, hey, my mind is, you know, I can't get it together. Hey, I, I, I can't leave outside of this house. Hey, I haven't eaten in so many days. I just don't have the energy to do these things. And then as they are telling you those things, how can you support them in those areas or who can you help to find them support in those areas instead of you just trying to say, well, snap out it, get over it and those things to people. Yes. One thing that I know that people don't realize is the power of listening. I lost my um, grandfather November, I believe it is. November? Yeah, November it was. And it was so important just having people around who would just listen to the woes, who would just listen to the pain, not exactly offer advice. Sometimes we don't want advice. We just want to be comforted and listen to. So I I, I completely agree with your advice for those who want to be a support system. But how do we start having healthy grief conversations as well? What do you recommend for that? First of all, we have to realize that we talk a lot about living, but we don't talk about dying. Um, We don't make a plan to have that conversation because usually as soon as your spouse or your loved one brings it up, the first thing you say is, I don't want to talk about that. So if we have those conversations before the person departs, it makes it a little bit easier. I'm not going to say it makes it 100%, but it makes it a little bit easier to digest the transition if those conversations begin before death actually does us part. And then for the people around you who are left, they need to understand that we are going to all grieve differently so let's just support each other in our differences. You, you might want to have a, a memorial every year. You might choose to wear black for six months. You might choose that you don't want to go out or do certain things, but don't place those burdens on other people. And the conversations need to be had that we are different. We are unique. And can we allow each other 
to be that and still love each other? Can we actually, we talk about people resting in peace. Can we allow people to live in peace? Can we allow just because, let's say, if me and you had were related to each other, he might have been your grandfather, he might have been my uncle, but we're all going to grieve the same person in a different way. And can we do that without pushing our beliefs and opinions on other people. And if we can allow each other to do that uniquely and we can come together and we can still talk about it, that will give us the capability for all of us to find comfort and healing because it gives us the ability to not be shunned from, for being different. Mm -hmm. That is so true. When it comes to talking about death, like you said, we do not talk about it enough. And I came to realize that during my time um, doing wills and estate law, if you don't know or anybody listening doesn't know that my normal nine to five job, I am a lawyer. And during my time doing wills and estates and going around and giving presentations and talking to people about, you know, what's the plan for when you die, you realize how many people don't want to think about it, don't want to talk about it. And that doesn't help us when that time comes. So normalizing the conversation, having healthy conversations about it is so very important. Now, Courtney, you started the Master Relationship Mechanic Show. Talk to us about what le led you to start the show. Mm. <laughs> What started me on that show? It began actually back in 2016. Um, it was an opportunity, first of all, for God to make me speak to nobody, um, to be able to just say, okay, how can I have my best relationship with God, self, and others without having to have an audience? Because as a trainer, I came from a place where I had people standing in front of me. So I will always was getting their approval, their nodding, you know, that interaction. God had to take me to a place just like me and you are communicating now and not knowing who's listening, not knowing who's there, but only needing God's approval. And so that was the first step. God had said, um, just get my approvals for the message. So that's how really the Master Relationship Mechanic show came about, because it was me, first of all, focusing on just getting God's approval. And the mission of that show was always about having the best relationship with God, self, and others. And at that time, we had a um, a fifth, the last, well, it was on Tuesdays, and the last Tuesday of the month was about grief. So dealing with after death does us part. So it was a whole life cycle of how we come in, getting our relationship right with God and how we go out, you know, getting our life right after somebody passes away. So we bring in different coaches who give us tips on how to always have our best relationships for the now and the later. Yes. Having our best relationships for now and later. I love that. And we all sh always should be looking at ways to improve our relationships um, because there's always ways we can grow. How have your viewers connected with you on the show? How have they, how has this show affected them? Well, the show one thing is, is very transparent. It's very unscripted. So they, I've actually cried with listeners. So they see the transparency and the authentic me, first of all, 
So they can always see where my heart is, where I'm coming through, where I am trying to help and impact people to shift in their lives to see that none of us are perfect. And I believe there is this trilogy that because people have reached this level of matriculation in life, perfection has come about, but that we all need these reminders and these triggers and these tools to help us get back in alignment. And it's really the show is like a reminder because it's somewhere in you that you've heard and you've been blessed with a seed of wisdom somewhere, but you have some great people that now meet you on Saturday that say, hey, you remember these things you got in you. We need to dig a little dig deeper. What does it say? Is get our engines back running. You know, plug back in to God so that you are on using all your um, gas and fuel the best way that you can. And so it's always just those tips and reminders that people um like because they be like, hey. I can remember learning this a long time ago. Now, let me go implement. Uh, they always say we're all hearers of the words, but at different times when we can be reminded and we can be given actual real life application, that's when we can run on and begin to do it. Yes, 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 yes. I absolutely love that. And Courtney, I really, really enjoyed our conversation today. Now, if you could summarize and tell us your Three top tips for dealing with grief before we we go. All right. First tip is know that normal is never coming back. That's tip number one. Don't chase normal. Chase different every day. Number one, chase different. We, if we begin in our life to chase different and chase new, we will be all right. That's the first tip. Second tip about grief is don't make it about you. Don't make it about you. Make it about getting on to what is next. Find out what your next assignment is. If we can accept in life that was our assignment, that was our season, that was what we were meant to do for that particular time frame, then we can always say what is next. So if you've allowed yourself to always chase your new beginnings, that means you're always questioning what is next because you know that a new and a next is coming. And then the third thing is Always take time in the moment to enjoy every breath that you take, every breath that you take. Do not allow yourself to not have the memories that you need to to carry on so you don't have regrets. So make every memory priceless. Courtney, thank you so much for your tips and thank you for a great interview. Before we go, can you just let the listeners know where they can connect with you on social media and your website? Well, I'm going to make it easy. You can do the relationship service station for everything. You put a dot com if you want to find me on the website, do a relationship service station if you want to find me on Facebook. Um, I just launched an app. It is probably going to be working about 30 days now. Love your feedback. And it is the Relationship Service Station. So right about now, we will be doing our workshop called Grief Will Grow You. So I would love for you all to jump in. And all of that, you can find the information at the Relationship Service Station. Thank you so much, Courtney. Of course, you know, Purpose Chasers, I will let you know all of the links in the show notes. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast, and we will be back next week for another episode of the podcast. All right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe 
And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray Plan Slate Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.